Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. This is the second of a series of special episodes on the seven final sayings of Christ from the cross, followed by a celebration of Easter. Our special guest for each of these episodes is Bishop Reuben Sines, Jr., Episcopal leader of the Great Plains Conference. Bishop, welcome back to In Layman's Terms. Good to be here, Todd. We did a lot of setup last time about Lent and how it prepares us, just as Jesus' time in the wilderness after his baptism prepared him for his ministry. So we're just going to jump right in this week. Uh, Bishop, you have often encouraged people to observe a holy Lent. What does that mean to you? Um, a lot, Todd. First, first of all, when I think about holiness, I think about uh, a process of, of purification, right? Mm-hmm. Holiness also means that you know something is consecrated and, and set apart for God's use, and so there's just it's a very rich um, term in, in Scripture, but. Uh, so when I think about purification, it takes me back to my days when, when I was a, a juror. Because uh, sometimes, you know, I, I got into custom manufacturing and people had a design in their mind of a ring or piece of jewelry they want to create. So they would bring in, you know, old piece, not, old piece of gold. Every gold is old, okay? It's <laughs> millions of years old and diamonds are millions of years old. But, but they would bring in gold pieces sometimes 10, 14 carats, sometimes 12 carats, sometimes 18 carat. Um, and so and so they bring in these pieces and with an idea in mind and I would I would design the, the piece. And then what would happen is I would I would put the gold and the pieces of, of jewelry, of course take out the stones in a crucible. Um, and if I needed to bring up the gold content, I would add gold, 24 karat gold to bring up 10 to 12, or 10 to 14 or, or whatever. But I would add um, uh, pure gold to it to, to raise the content. Um, but then, once the gold was in the crucible, I, I would uh, fire up an acetylene torch and, and then just heat it until it got red hot, 2,000 degrees. And then you could just start to see the gold melt and, and, uh, and start to, be, to liquefy. And, and you would see the impurities of the gold start to come up to the top you could just see it kind of floating on top of, okay. of the bubble, of the gold bubble. And I'd take a carbon stick and remove some of the impurities, or, or the impurities, and, which would then just leave the, the, the gold. And then once it was liquefied, I could pour it into a mold and cast it into something else. And so when I think of Lent, I think about a process of purifi- purifying our, our mm-hmm. lives, purifying our, 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 our spirits through self-examination, uh, through prayer, uh, through means of fasting. Uh, especially through meditating upon God's word um, and meditating on on what Christ has done for us, 
and so and so these these acts of purification you know are a window so that we can look inside our our own selves and see you know where where we are in our own christian walk and life and how how we're doing in our relationship uh, with with christ and, and and with god so and i see lent as an opportunity to to really be intentional about that for 40 days or 46 days and 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 really seek after god and the idea is that after this this, this period of 40 days that we come out um perfected more more perfected more 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 purified where where the our self-absorption our, our sinfulness uh the things that impede our, our relationship with god and, and the other are removed so that so that we we can we can be holding unto god and and to be set aside for god's purpose in the world so so it's all about kind of preparing ourselves not just for Easter, but for life after that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that we're ready to be in service for Christ and to our fellow uh, yeah, human beings, yeah. right? Uh, well, uh, let's get right to our text for this week. Again, uh, just like last week, we're in Luke chapter 23. This time we're at the 43rd verse. Uh, just prior to this passage, one of the criminals hanging next to Jesus is taunting him, uh, basically saying, hey, if you're the Messiah, then save yourself and save us too. Uh, the other criminal chimes in and rebukes this other man by asking, uh, don't, basically, don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? Uh, the second criminal says they are uh, getting what they deserve for their illegal acts, but Jesus was innocent of any crime. Uh, it's at this point that Jesus tells the second criminal, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Uh, Bishop, help us unpack the significance of these words from Jesus as he's hanging on the cross. Of course, if if you are, if, if you're Hebrew, um, everyone knew the story of the garden, and um, and it was part of the story of of the of the Hebrew nation, and so this idea of a garden, where where there was enough, where there was the absence of war and conflict, um, where there was peace, where there was relationship with God, uh, where there was communion with each other, was was kind of prevalent and foundational to, to this to this to this vision of not not what the world was originally designed to be, but for what the world could be and should be. Mm -hmm. And so um, yeah. The, the, the promise of Jesus to the thief was that on, on that day he would be with him in paradise and so it, it opens up it opens up the, um, the the new reality that there is that there is a place where where suffering ends uh, and where the relationship with God is reconciled and where people don't have to hanker uh, after life to make a living and where 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 the body doesn't decay and and where there's enough for everybody um, and so and so Jesus promises him that which, which also talks about the grace of God who who knows what this man had done who then receives him forgives him and and welcomes him in to, to that to that paradise um, 
And so, but, but that, that's, that's on one level. Um, on the other level, you know, the, the zealots, right? Because one of the scriptures that they're zealots, so they're fighting for, they're fighting for freedom from Roman oppression. They, they want to have their own nation state. And, and in their mind, they have an idea of, of, a, of a restoration of the Davidic kingdom when, when, the, when, the, when the country was at peace and things like that. And so, and so they're struggling for, for a world that they want to create, a just world, uh, a, a world where they have full dignity, a world where, where they're treated as, as human beings instead of, um, you know, as, as substandard citizens. And so they're, they're struggling for that. And, and Jesus is, is I, I guess, on the other hand, um, telling this, this person on the thief that this world that you're living for and envisioning is already in the process of, of happening. And, and so, so paradise is not just a, a future destination, but it's also a, a vision that we begin living in as as we as it's becoming fulfilled and revealed in front of us um, through our lives, and it takes generations sometimes, but but it's it, it's a journey towards that that peaceable and just world that many of the prophets spoke about. Jesus talked more than anything else about the kingdom of God, um, and now he's on the cross. Mm-hmm. For me, what, what I take from this is so here's a person that we know has deserved what he's getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not crucifixion. I'm not so sure anybody deserves crucifixion based yeah. on what I've read about that. But the whole idea that this is a person that has clearly done something against the law, something something illegal, under, at least under Roman, uh, uh, the guise of the Roman law. But Jesus is forgiving this person. Uh, basically, Jesus is saying, what you've done in the past isn't going to matter here in a short amount of time uh, because you're going to be with me in paradise. I think, to me, that's a very uh, peaceful peaceful feeling to, to read that in scripture because it lets me know that okay I've screwed up enough in my life mm-hmm. and I'm going to screw up some more in my life but because of Christ and because he's willing to forgive I also have that place uh, have, in paradise I have a, a, a new a new beginning right mm-hmm. all things are all things have been made new yeah and I think it's important Todd that that, uh, that you made the point that he may have broken a law um and a, a Roman law, but we don't know if, you know, what what it was. Yeah, right? we, we don't know if it was, all we know is he was a thief of some kind. Yeah. But yeah. we don't know. I mean, he, he might have been trying to get some bread to feed his family. Right. And, uh, and, and like in, uh, I went to Oxford a couple years ago, and I, I visited the, the, the jail or the prison where they would take debtors, right? People mm-hmm. caught stealing food, you know, during times of famine to feed their families, and they would be arrested, and of course put up in what they call the debtor's prison. Right. Uh, and and um, you know the families had to go and pay to get them out of prison. Some families didn't have money, and, and so and so Wesley would go visit these persons, and and some you know sometimes they they would. They would Break the law in order to to survive, but it was it was theft, and it was punishable by imprisonment. But the the factors that drove them, the desperation that drove them to do that, knowing that they're risking, right, mm-hmm. being incarcerated and maybe spending days, weeks, months in prison, 
because they're hungry. I mean, that's right. That that puts a different perspective on on the criminality, right? And mm -hmm. and what sometimes what maybe the criminality is that people are hungry in the first place. If, right. If we're going to go down that road, right? Uh, now, the, the, these persons may have taken a life, and, and in such case, imagine that that was a form of, of uh, capital punishment, but we just don't know that. Mm -hmm. But uh, it didn't, I don't, I don't think it took much for people to be arrested and dealt with swiftly it, for just about any infraction. Well, fear was the deterrent. Fear uh, was it, and uh, yes. The, Ro the Romans basically, the Roman governor, he had basically one job, right? Keep the peace. Keep the peace. <laughs> at whatever at whatever cost, you keep the peace. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking during crucifixion was incredibly painful uh, and draining. Uh, for for folks who are listening who don't understand, crucifixion how you normally died was actually through asphyxiation. Right. Um, maybe the internal injuries eventually get you, but but just the purpose of of trying to breathe, uh, you either had to raise yourself up or push yourself up, and we're talking about appendages that have nails through them mm -hmm. or spikes mm -hmm. uh, really like railroad spikes um, the fact that Jesus takes the time to tell this person this word of hope uh, is pretty incredible what does that say about the significance of this conversation the fact of the pain that he's going through just to say these few words well, it says that Jesus was always aware of the other I mean he was he really lived a self-sacrificial life that the other came sometimes before him and and his needs and you we find many times in in the in scripture where where you know Jesus gave himself for to the world uh, his presence his his words his time and uh, there were almost no limits to to what he wouldn't do for someone else that was a need even when he had own his own physical needs and in the case of crucifixion of course you know he was a co-sufferer with with uh, with the criminals but um, yeah it, it just it, it just says a lot about the heart of Christ which would then again you know for, for us you know, so 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 one of the ways that 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 we are are strengthened and and taught by this is that when when we suffer yes we focus on our own pain but we also realize that there's other people around us who are in just as much pain or greater, and so, and so by reaching out to that person, to offer him a hope and a promise of paradise, you know Jesus was was comforting, and strengthening someone who needed to draw from the strength of God in this moment of suffering, and so, what does it mean for us to lend strength to others, when we ourselves are suffering? To alleviate their suffering, mm -hmm. and so yeah, I, I, like I, like I say, you, know, you you can look at, at at the cross of Christ in so many ways, and, and what's actually happening there. But but if you start to think about it, so so when I do the Ignatian practices, there there's a there's a, a, a practice where I have a picture of the crucified Christ, and and the picture that I use. Is one from the Passion of Christ. Have you ever seen the Passion of Christ? Yes. It's, I mean, it, it it's is an incredibly brutal movie, but they tried to do it as as close to what they thought it would have looked like. Well, I have that picture of the Passion of Christ, and the and the exercise invites you to imagine yourself as a thief on the cross, 
looking at Christ in the eyes and asking, am I following you the way that I should? So okay. it, it, so it's not, you know, having a cup of coffee with Jesus, you know, with, with, with some ascetic, you know, right. mild looking, smiling Jesus. It's Jesus suffering on the cross and you having a conversation with that Christ and examining your life against his at that moment. And I, that, that, and I do that every Friday, you know, during during Lent. And let me tell you what, friend, um, it's hard. It's hard because it, it, it indicts, it convicts, it, um, but at the same time, it, it calls me forth to, to more. Um, and so, yeah, so, so, so Jesus there on the cross, you know, offering grace, offering paradise, comforting a fellow sufferer, mm-hmm. you know, is, is just an amazing portrayal of of, again, divine grace and God's love. You mentioned earlier about Jesus uh, always putting other people first. Um, and we this is, to my, to my mind anyway, this is the, the biggest example of that because the very paradise that he's talking about, he gave up mm-hmm. to come down to us uh, to allow us that opportunity to eventually be with him. To in lead paradise. us back. We seem to, as United Methodists, we don't talk a whole lot about that life after death uh, component right. until this time of year. Right. And then we really, we focus on it a lot, it seems like. Um, that brings a lot of hope to humanity, uh, yeah. that, that, that phrase uh, and that word and these words that Jesus says today. What can we learn from that as, as people, as we're sitting in our pews or as pastors who are listening to this? Let me, let me go back a little bit. The, the thing is that we do talk about it. Every time we do communion every Sunday, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. When we sing Amazing Grace, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the stars, we know less days to sing His praise than when we first began. Right? I mean, and so we talk about, we sing, we, that's, that's part of our singing, that's part of our, of, of our faith, that's part of our liturgy. And, and we, we deal with death and life in our words, in our song, in our preaching. Uh, in our in our acts, um, you know. So when I was pastoring, one one man came in with his three daughters, and he was found to have cancer, okay? and he knew that he was terminal and he was going to die. And he says, "Pastor, I need to talk to you." He said, "I'm bring my family over." So he came over, and his wife was there, and his daughters were there, and and he sat around the table, and he says, "I'm here to uh, to work on my funeral." Uh, my funeral service and he said I've been found to have terminal cancer um, and I am prepared I've had a I've had a good life and I have taught my daughters how to live and I'm going to teach them how to die Wow yeah wow. and we sat there and we went to the whole service and he picked out his hymns and his scriptures and everything else like that and he says I want to do this because I want them, you know, to know that I have peace with God. And, of course, the daughters were, were broken. But to, to see his strength there. Right. Leading, leading his, his, his daughters there. So, uh, and, and I can tell you many more stories of, of, of moments when I have seen people in their final moments of life with a peace that cannot be humanly explained. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's incredible when, when you come across those people, you know, they've just gotten the diagnosis or they're really close to mm. death. Those folks who really do have that peace really are modeling for us, here's, here's how this should work because mm. we know that that's not the end. Um, I, I, think that's, I think that's a great example. I think another thing that that says, you know, to us, uh, Todd, in our 21st century is that by Jesus hanging on the cross and the cross the cross I understand was not this you know 25 foot cross where everybody right. looking at it from the ground up it, the, the people were, were crucified at eye level mm-hmm. so when you're walking down the road you're seeing these individuals who are gasping for their last breaths or or who have died and are, are there now just you know with nobody to take them down Right, because maybe they didn't have mm-hmm. enough money for a funeral or whatever, but they're just hanging out there rotting, or maybe they were just kept there until the Roman guard said, "Okay, get them all," whatever the case. But, 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 but they were they were walking by, seeing this line of of criminals, right, or condemned, the line of the condemned. And uh, and by Jesus sitting there with that group of people, right, as part of, mm-hmm. I think he was. In, in a way, he, he, it's an identification with this community, and it's also an indictment, I think, upon a society that, 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 that foments desperation that, that then breeds criminality. And, and, and maybe Jesus was saying, why? Not this. This is this is not the world that 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 looks like the reign of God. There's something there's something wrong with with that kind of of uh, of society that 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 creates a preponderance of. Now we can say, well, that you know they're doing it on their own, and that's their own individual decision. Well, while that that is true, there's 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 human agency in that. There's also social environments and and structures mm-hmm. that 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 kind of nurture that that kind of a uh, uh, a life. And so, and I think Jesus standing with that that group really calls us to look deeper at you know even our. Our penal systems. I mean, we, we we are the most advanced country in the world, and yet we incarcerate more people than anybody on the planet. How, how is that possible? We're the wealthiest country in the world, you know, and yet we got people that are hungry. Uh, we 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 are the most medically advanced people in the you know country in the world, and yet we got people that can't afford medication. Right. You know, and they're having to make a decision between: Do I buy medicine or do I buy food? Do I pay my, my, my mortgage or, or, you know, do I buy my, my diabetic medication or my cancer medication? And so, you know, I think, I think Jesus stands with those people. Well, it fits really well. In my mind, it shows how consistent Jesus was because he died as he lived. He ate yeah. with sinners yeah. uh, and, and he died uh, next to sinners. And, and he was there teaching them to the very end. And teaching us even today. Exactly, and that's—I think—that's part of our purification process. That that we have to, 
we have to come to grips with that and and with you know who is Jesus calling us to be and as individuals and as a community especially as a church who's Jesus calling us to side with who's Jesus calling us to to speak up for who's Jesus calling us to eat with and to and to and to stand with and to walk with and um, if if we go down that road <laughs> we may surprise ourselves as to where we come out well, thank you very much, Bishop. That's that's it for this episode in this special series about the final sayings of Jesus from the cross. Uh, again, I want to thank Bishop Sines for providing his knowledge and reflection with us today. Thank you, Todd. Uh, we'll be back next week with the third of Jesus' seven sayings from the cross. Uh, have a blessed week as you continue your Lenten journey. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with FirstCom Music. You can find archived podcasts on my website, toddseifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.